This is Keep It 100, a podcast from Spotswood Creative that is designed to keep it real and honest about worship practices in the 21st century. We want to help you work through those issues like choosing worship songs, leading as a volunteer, worship stereotypes, worship conflicts, and figuring out if the theology is right in the song you just love or if you should just put it away. Welcome back. Welcome back. Josh, how has your week been? Uh, it's been pretty good. Uh, been kind of loaded. Lots of meetings and such, but um, yesterday felt like I could actually get some work done in the afternoon, yeah. which was really nice. Yeah. Really nice. We meet to death here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. That's something we joke about. It's like, well, we got another meeting. Yeah, death by meeting. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what it's we have. It's a very collaborative process, which is good. But yeah, oh, no, it's great. I, our meetings are always productive. Oh, it's yeah. not that. Yeah, but you you never quite feel like you're doing anything by yourself, <laughs> which never. I love. But yes, yeah, it's good. So what are we talking about today, Bailey? Um, we are going to talk about the second part of kind of Spotswood Creatives' mission, um, which is renew minds. Um, kind of continuing on explaining a little bit about the heart behind Spotswood Creative, but t- also talking about how that incorporates into. All worship practices and all worship settings. Um, so yeah, we're just kind of talking about our heart behind that and what that means to us, why that's something that we chose, mm-hmm. um, and how we choose to incorporate it um, at our church as worship leaders. Okay, so the scripture that uh, we use as a basis for this is Romans twelve two, um, and it says, "Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed." By the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So this scripture is very, very important because um, I, I like to think of the worship ministry as the culture creator for, for a church body. Mm-hmm. It's it's um, the worship ministry in many ways teaches its congregants what how they should... I don't know that how they they should be behaving is the correct term, but or the correct way of saying. It. But the like what music they should we think they should be listening to. What um how how they should behave during the week. Like like we're when I was a teacher, we would always say that however we behave in front of our students is how they're going to behave mm-hmm. outside of class, so on yeah. and so forth. And I used to think that was kind of a joke. Like there's there's no way modeling is that strong. But really and truly. Um, especially when I was a band director and choir director in, in a high school, my kids would mimic me. Mm. And it kind of weirded me out at first because you you realize what kind of power that is. Yeah. Like if people are looking to you as an example all the time, then they're going to start behaving like you. So right. pretty much – the way I feel like what we do on the platform will be mirrored by our congregants mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form. At the very least, I mean, if you want to discredit that statement um, from talk, you know, Josh, you're just talking about students. Well, at the very least, our students may mm-hmm. be mimicking our behavior yeah. from that's on the platform during the week. And for me, it's really, really important that we're constantly assessing ourselves to Scripture and. That you know, in an effort to to hopefully test and approve what God's will is mm-hmm. for our church, um, so that when people start m- 
mimicking and mirroring what we're doing. Um, it's they're really mimicking and mirroring God, you know, mm-hmm. and his and and what he's doing in our church, um, his behavior, his quality, the fruits of the spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's really really important that we are constantly comparing that to scripture. Yeah, well, and I think something that is special but also different about congregational worship and that aspect of a church service is that is a very public and outward proclamation of like following the Lord Mm -hmm. and um, the difference when we are sitting there listening to our pastor or our teacher um, is it's very introspective and it's very internal and we're able to sit there and take it in and apply it to our life. Um, But with worship, it is an outward expression. So I think when we're leading our, our congregants, we have to keep in mind it starts with us. Yes. Um, and that we are willing to lead outwardly, um, lead boldly, mm-hmm. and accordance with Scripture. So we can't really expect our congregants to do the same if we're not also renewing our minds um, and putting it into practice in our life. So, Bailey, what would you say, you know, we have a lot of churchy sayings, which I, I want to one day, uh, maybe even on this podcast, talk about churchy sayings mm-hmm. and one of those churchy sayings is renew your mind yeah or you know the uh, being transformed by the renewing of your mind what do you like can you help me which i know we didn't talk about this you know pre right. show notes or whatever but like what is a practical way of thinking about renewing your mind what does that mean to you when you're sitting there going okay how can i better renew my mind or like what what do you do Well, I think something that has always made an impression on me when I'm reading scripture Mm -hmm. is when I revisit passages that I was very familiar with growing up, or maybe it was a Bible story that was constantly told in Sunday school or whatever it may be, revisiting those and seeing what the Lord reveals to me now. Um, Because there have been so many times, I mean, I grew up in church, um, my dad is a pastor, and so I kind of was always surrounded by that. I don't remember a Sunday where I wasn't in church or in Sunday school. So I've heard a lot of these stories over and over again, and I wasn't quite sure of the details behind them or the origin of them or what was going on at the time. And so now that I'm older, it's like, okay, I know about this story, but what was actually happening? And so when I think of renewing my mind, when I think of um, transforming what I read or my mind and how I read it in scripture, I have to remind myself that the Lord reveals new things every time and he can take something old and continue to show us something new. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that's a practical way, especially if you grew up in church to continue to revisit those passages, the, you know, the burning bush and parting the red sea and the ark, like all of those things that we, you know, we learned the basis of when we were young, but it's like now we're old and we really understand now or we want to understand at least. And so, yeah, I think just being very intentional about sitting in the word and expecting something new. Yes. No, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. So I, I pulled up a different translation. Typically I use CSB for everything. That's uh, used to be the, um, that used to be the uh, H. HCSB is what it used to be, and we used to call it the Hardcore Southern Baptist Bible <laughs> uh, because that's what it, I mean, it, this Lifeway created it, so essentially. 
Um, and now it's the CSB. They just changed it to CSB because I think they got tired of people calling it the hardcore <laughs> Christ, or hardcore Southern Baptist Bible. Um, but uh, so I went to I, I went to the NLT for a moment. So there's like with Bibles, there's a spectrum. Like you have literal translation, which the NASB is very, very literal. Mm-hmm. That most people consider that a literal word-for-word translation of the Greek and Hebrew, mm-hmm. right? And then um, you have like the the polar opposite of a literal, very literal would be, I guess, kind of you're looking at the emotion and the and the feelings that that, that the the scriptures were trying to accomplish. So. If CSB is in between NASB and the middle middle ground, which is what I think it probably is, it's probably closer to a middle ground. Uh, New Living Translation NLT is probably a little bit uh, close. It's probably on the the more emotional feeling side mm-hmm. of all of this. So the the people that translate the Bible this way, they're they're trying to show you the heart behind. Not necessarily literal word for word trans, trans, uh, translation. They're trying to show you the heart. So mm-hmm. here's Romans twelve two in the NLT. It says, "Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, mm. but let God." That's that's an interesting term. Yeah. Uh, just that by itself. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Mm-hmm. So. There's a lot of, if you if you take that that way of thinking, you know that that kind of more heart behind it kind of approach to the scripture. Um, it's interesting to me that you know the way we think naturally, even people we consider good people may not necessarily be the way God. Thinks. And let me let me unpack that for a second. Our definition of good and God's definition of good are two different things. <laughs> yeah. Um, our definition of good, um, even in cultural, uh, when I say cultural Christianity, I don't necessarily mean just the bad way of saying cultural Christianity, but Christianity as a culture mm-hmm. isn't always good. Mm-mm. Um. Uh, God's way of looking at it is always good. So, if if we if we're supposed to constantly, I mean, according to Romans twelve two, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Not a one time singular yeah. event. You renewed your mind one time. Mm-hmm. God is constantly, which goes in the process of sanctification, yeah. right? Yep. God is constantly working on us. Mm-hmm. He's constantly changing us until the day we die and meet meet him face to face and and our our we're we're completed by mm-hmm. being with him, right? We've we've we're starting a new life in heaven with him. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important as this relates to um to worship ministry, we you know, the next question is what why is it important for us to constantly reevaluate our ministry purpose and compare that to scripture? Mm. Um, it's important, I believe, for us to be asking God, God, what I know I have my agenda mm-hmm. for what the worship ministry Spotswood Creative should look like. But I know that that ultimately can be rooted in my desires and my dreams. 
what do you want it to be? Yeah. Because ultimately, ultimately, my natural response to everything is going to benefit Josh Morton. Mm. And I believe that's also the case for every single person in our church. Mm-hmm. It's not just the leader. Mm-mm. It's every single person sitting in a pew in the Capital C Church and in Spotswood. Mm-hmm. So we have to take the scripture, sit down with it, which, you know, for our for our worship ministry, it's Psalm 100. Mm-hmm. That's what we've agreed. This is what's going to be the driving force, uh, the the theme of our of, of Spotswood Creative. Um. So what does it what does it look like to constantly reevaluate and ask God what's good and what's not? Yeah. Um that means you gotta have conversations that are difficult. Yeah. That means that Josh Morton's not gonna get everything that he wants all the time. Mm-hmm. I think it was the last podcast we talked about. Um the song Do It Again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I I really was sick of that song. Yeah. And I was ready to move on from it mm-hmm. because we did it like, I think I said like six or seven times in yeah. eight weeks, but it's what the congregation, you know, that's where they were in terms of how they were worshiping God at the time. And we, we do believe as a, as a body of believers that God doesn't just have one act of, of greatness. He is constantly performing great acts mm-hmm. in our lives. And they needed to, they needed to convey to him that they believe that he's going to consistently do things again in their life. Yeah. My selfishness wanted me to stay or wanted me to move on and not stay in that moment with mm-hmm. them. But because I was committed to renewing my mind and saying, "God, I'm I'm here to to do Your purposes, not my purposes." Yeah. Well, I think as not only leaders but as people and human beings and followers of Christ, we have a responsibility to meet people where they're at because that's exactly what Jesus did. And that's exactly what God does for us. And, mm-hmm. um, just like story of the prodigal son, the son doesn't just run to his father, but the father runs to him right. and meets him. And that's huge because a father wasn't supposed to do that. A father was the one who was supposed to be in, you know, in power over the household and people came to him and brought him things, but the father cared for his son so much right. that he met him in the middle. Right. Um and I feel like that's our calling as believers. That's what we're supposed to do. And so as leaders, where that comes in a lot of the times is on the platform and like that is a prime example of meeting your congregation where they're at and what they need because even though you may not need it personally and may be sick and tired of the song, right? <laughs> I could name a few that I, yes. I'm probably sick and tired of, but probably one we did this past Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's it's just a part of it, and I think that we can only only embody that fully when we're seeking the Lord in scripture and renewing our minds in that way, because we're learning about his character. We're learning about um, who our God is and what we are supposed to mimic. Um, And so being effective leaders all goes back to the character of God. So do you, what does it look like to constant I, I guess that's the cor- correct question what does it look like to constantly reevaluate from a practical standpoint 
It's going to sound kind of pragmatic, I guess. That's been my word lately. It really has been his word. Because <laughs> um, they're, from a, like, how, how in our worship ministry, how do we constantly reevaluate our ministry and and compare it and compare that to scripture. What does that look like? I mean, that, is that just songs? Is it attitude? Is it is it um, you know, what is it? I don't know. I'm I'm kind of working through this myself. Yeah. I guess. Like I said at the beginning when we pushed this podcast off, we're we're kind of you're hearing our stream of consciousness through this podcast. Well, and I think it's a little bit of all of those things. I think it's accepting that, <laughs> which. I don't mean this in a bad way. It's accepting that we are human too. Like it's, right. it's accepting that just because we're in a uh, leadership position and we're in front of people a lot and we hear a lot of, whether it be complaints or compliments, mm-hmm. we're still in, in the same position of humanity, I yep. guess. And so I think reevaluating our ministry and its purpose and comparing it to scripture, it's, humbling yeah um because like you said it reminds us that it's not about our agenda it's about what is pointing our congregation to christ and what it means to work with our entire church staff to figure out what direction we feel like our church body and our church family needs to be led um and that's hard (laughs) and i think you you talked about this too in the first episode that that was something that you kind of wrestled with when you got here because you knew all of these great things that Spotswood could be mm-hmm. um, and all the amazing things that you wanted to do, but you had to reevaluate and say, right. okay, I can see us being here one day, but it may not be in the next year. Right. Um, and I, I feel like that was probably hum- like a humbling thing for you. And so I think it's just realizing that we're human too. We're all on our own personal um, journey with the Lord. And some of us were just put in positions of, of leadership in the church, which, um, comes with a lot of responsibility, a lot of weight, but it also just means that we're having to bring our head and our heart Mm. together. Um, I've heard that before, like, um, your relationship with God is defined, um, by eight inches, which is the distance between your head and your heart. Mm. Um, and so I think that it's important to remember that is aligning not only our mind with the Lord and scripture, but also our heart. Um, and something that we have kind of put into place and practice with our creative ministry is, um, with suggestions and preferences. Mm -hmm. Um, and we go by these things as well as leaders and we encourage everyone that's on our team to kind of filter their preference through three questions um, to remind us, okay, why am I suggesting this? Why do I want this? Um, And those questions are, one, is my suggestion Mm God-honoring? Two, does my suggestion point to Jesus or does it point to my preference? And three, is my suggestion divisive? Um, And I think that that is something we could all put into practice across the board in ministry, whether it be in worship, whether it be um, just church practices in general. Um, I think if your suggestion is not pointing to the Lord and if it is divisive, then that's some evaluation like we're having to do on our part. Mm. Um, And then at that point, when you 
filter it through those questions, if you have the right answer to all of those questions, then suggesting it to us, it's our duty as a leader to then filter it through to see if we can put that thing into practice. Right. Um, and even then, we have questions that we ask ourselves to see, like, okay, that suggestion was a good one. Is it practical? Is that song singable? Yep. Um, you know, all of those things that nobody else wants to think about and you shouldn't have to think about. Um, that's where the leaders come into play. So there's so many different things, and being a leader is hard, and responsibility is hard. But I think if we are constantly renewing our minds, if we're constantly aligning with Scripture, if we're trying to learn more about the character of God, then these things will happen, and and we'll know where to go, and we will humble ourselves, and we'll continue to grow as leaders together. Well, the um, I had a just kind of had a thought while you were talking. Reevaluation. Reevaluation is looking at yourself without. <laughs> this is gonna sound funny. Looking looking at yourself without the butt. Mm-hmm. Like, or looking at your ministry without the butt. Yeah. Like, asking the question: Is this song? Let's pick a random song. Let's. What a beautiful name. Mm-hmm. Let's pick that one. Classic. Yeah, we did this past <laughs> Sunday. Um, is what a beautiful name at our church, even though I love that song, is it accomplishing what it needs to accomplish in terms of conveying to the Lord, um, in terms of conveying to the Lord our appreciation and our love for him mm. right now, or has it been beaten to the ground? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Evaluate that without the butt, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is like, is it is it the is it is it doing what it's supposed to do? Well, yeah, or no, well, no, but it's it's just mm-hmm. it, I, I I just really love that song, and I just I can't imagine doing worship mm-hmm. without this song. The butt, the butt, and reevaluation and renewing mm-hmm. your mind and and comparing it to scripture and comparing it to what God's will is for us. The but, in my mind, is worshiping your preferences. Mm-hmm. That If you want to know what it looks like to worship your preference, it's when it is brought, it, you know, it's, it's when, when God is impressing on us through the Holy Spirit that something is time to move on from something, and I can't let go of it. And I'm talking to, like, Josh mm-hmm. right now. Josh can't let go of it because he's just it, it's just what I want. Mm-hmm. The butt. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. yeah. I think that um, that little that little word and the comma, what follows after it, I would say nine times out of ten is usually something that involves your your or my personal preference. Mm-hmm. So, my question is: Is as a ministry, can we look at what we're doing and say, Lord, here's the music we're doing right now? Mm-hmm. What do you think about it? Yeah. No buts, no ifs, no ands, no I I'm jumping in to throw throw my thoughts in there um and hope in hopes to sway the Lord's opinion. Mm. Honestly evaluating it. Yeah. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. A pattern is a repetition. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And that's what he's talking about there. 
do not conform to the pattern of this world, but but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Don't get stuck in a rut. Don't keep doing the same thing over and 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 over again. Me just doing that that way is annoying, right? But approach the Father. Lord, show me what you want. Yeah. So as leaders, why is it important that worship helps people grow closer to God. Well, I, I would put that through um, when I say, when I say a grid, I don't, I don't know why I keep saying that. I've been saying that a bunch too. Um, I would put it through this grid, you know, a reminder, you know, the whole Rick Warren reminder. It's not about us. It's not about what we want. It's mm-hmm. not about what we can get. When you come to worship on Sunday, I cannot impress enough to our people and to myself. I need this reminder as your worship pastor on a regular basis. I come to worship not to get a fun, frilly feeling. Yeah, It's not about me walking away with something. That's not why you come to worship. If you come to worship just simply to walk away with something, then you came to worship to consume, mm-hmm. not to give. Yeah. Okay? So it's important that we remember that what we get out of a worship service, quote-unquote, is from a place of overflow. Yeah. So when I say overflow, imagine a cup, okay? I really struggled with this in college, uh, understanding this concept, because I kept hearing everybody, you know, I just want from the overflow <laughs> to feel God's presence. Well, what phrases. Yeah, church <laughs> phrases, right? So imagine a cup, and what you put into that cup is an offering to the Lord, mm-hmm. Right? If you just, you know, you should want to give to the Lord so much that it overflows the cup. Mm-hmm. And the Lord takes what's in the cup, right? The overflow, what's left over, which is what the Lord decides, not what we mm-hmm. decide. That's there's, that's probably the little bit of problem with the metaphor. You know, whatever the, what the Lord chooses to allow us to take mm-hmm. away from the service is his choice. And we don't come to service just thinking about the word service is all about him, mm-hmm. to serve him. We don't come to service to take. Mm-hmm. We come to service to give. Mm-hmm. Um, so before you answer the question, why is it important that worship help people grow closer to God, it's, it's more important for us to understand that meeting with him is about him, not what we can get out of it. Yeah. When when the pastor preaches, he is lit- like the the sermon is is an act of worship. He's acknowledging truths from Scripture, and our job is to respond to that truth of Scripture. Theology, doxology, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know those two words are connected, but they are. Theology is the the understanding of who God is. Doxology is the the accurate response to who He is. Mm-hmm. So, why is it important that worship help people grow closer to God? We should be doing so much in service that the natural response, like that, we should be all of us collectively should be putting in to the service and worshiping God that there's so much that happens in that service. We walk away just blown away by how God's working in everybody's lives. Not blown away by the the presentation of it, not blown away by what the pastor said. Yeah. Blown not, away by how the, the Lord chose to move. The Lord chose to move. Mm-hmm. Not, not 
oh, wow, that was cool lights. Oh, wow, that's a great sound system. Oh, wow, this is my favorite hymn in the entire world. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. We are, we are talking to him and telling him who he is. And when, when Pastor Drew preaches and teaches to us, um, well, excuse me, preaches and teaches and puts the word out there, mm -hmm. right? We hear it. That's the overflow. Mm -hmm. He's he's just acknowledging who God is. This is the truth of Scripture. Mm -hmm. He what we what we're getting at, it it's literally the 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 crumbs you know falling from the table. Yeah. Right. Um. It's important that those crumbs fall. Yes, but the main thing is that God is glorified and magnified. Well, so and what. I mean, I think of it like my dog. When when she sees crumbs, <laughs> so many dog references. <laughs> so many dog references. When she sees crumbs on the floor, it makes her want the food that I have. Right. So, an illustration I've heard in the past is if Sunday mornings is the only time you're eating, then the rest of the week you're not getting the nutrients that you need, and it's the same for us as believers. It's if we're coming to Sundays expecting Pastor Drew to give us everything that's on his plate, then we're not really seeing the abundance of the Lord and what he has to give because we're really just getting the crumbs that we're sitting here thinking it's a full right. feast. Right. And so <laughs> if we're if, if we're not eating the rest of the week, if we're not wanting more of what's on the plate that's in front of us on Sundays, then what are we doing? Um, and that's a hard concept, especially for... Um, believers who have been believers for a long time and I think that that's something that I constantly wrestle with is um humbling myself to realize I still don't know about the Bible fully oh absolutely <laughs> um, and, and, and I'm still learning the the act itself of worship is about giving of yourself yeah right mm -hmm. and and you know we talked about open hands open hearts yesterday when mm -hmm. we were doing like pre-podcast talk through okay mm -hmm. Open hands, open heart. So I'm bringing this thing. Lord, this is what I have to give yeah. to you. And if he chooses to take it and not put anything back in your hands, you're okay with that because yeah. you spent time with the Father. Yeah. That's why. That's how worship helps you grow closer to God. Mm -hmm. You're actively choosing to be, be with him. Right. Right. And that's not just in a corporate setting. That's in your private worship time as well. Um, when I say private worship time, I'm, I'm referring to, um, you know, quiet time, Anytime that that's another um church phrase, quiet time. Yeah, quiet time. Uh, <laughs> the time that you spend like reading your Bible and the time that you spend pr just praying. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I when I'm driving down the road, I, nine times out of ten, I'm just praying driving yeah. down the road. Um, I don't listen. This is gonna sound really weird to most of you. I don't listen to worship like I, I don't listen to like songs with words mm -hmm. when I'm driving down the road. I usually have some sort of instrumental something so I can pray. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Um. So if you're doing these things, both corporately and privately, and you're coming to be in the presence of God and you're telling him who he is, your your act of service, God is going to bless that. Mm -hmm. It's just in his nature. Yeah. He's going to give he's going to talk to you. Just being in his presence is a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This isn't some prosperity gospel of, you know, you come and worship and the Lord is going to bless you abundantly. And yeah, here's finances. your Mercedes. Yeah, like <laughs> that's, not, that's not how it works. It all begins understanding it, how amazing it is that we are allowed to experience the presence of God. That since the day that we received the Holy Spirit, we are able to meet with the Lord. And that, that's huge. Um, 
And something that if, you know, if you're a student, shout out students, if you um, are listening to this, we at Grace Weekend, which is our high school kind of conference weekend, um, that was, this was something that we kind of touched on um, during worship one night. And it came up because Josh and I and the rest of the worship band were so distracted. Um, Just a bunch of different things that no one else probably knew that was happening, um, but everything was just seeming to go wrong. And it was early in the morning, you know, every single terrible circumstance you can think of, we were dealing with it. Um, and one of my friends who is um, also a worship leader, shout out Jay Colland, um, <laughs> Jake. years and years ago, um, he used this example when he was leading and it just always stuck with me and it was the concept of holding out your hands which is something that's common for people to do during worship but I don't know that it's actively thought about um at least it wasn't for me um it's holding out your hands and singing or praising or worshiping with your hands out like that it is symbolic of allowing the Lord to take what is in your hands. It's an act of surrender. But what Josh was saying, doing that also says, okay, my hands are open. Yes, take whatever I have, but it gives the Lord the opportunity to say, okay, now receive what I'm giving you. Um, And so that is something I always encourage. If you are at Spotswood, I'm sure you will hear me use that example again. Um, Just because I know for me to sit there and physically do something and incorporate into my worship, it, it helps my entire body understand what the Lord is doing. Mm. Um, it's not just words coming out of my mouth, but is, it is the physical embodiment of surrender. Um, and I've just always thought that was super important to encourage our church to understand that God is the giver of all good things. Um, and he is a generous God. He is going to give to you. And that may be in something that you've been asking for for years, but that may be the amazing gift of his presence. Right. And that's not just a beginner's gift, the gift of God's presence. <laughs> that is like the ultimate gift. That's the gift. Yeah. So um, I think it's just, it's realizing that going back t- to what we said earlier, what is good to us is not God's definition of good. <laughs> God has a much holier definition of what good is. And I think it's us accepting that um, he knows better Mm. and you're gonna go through like y'all don't hear us say that the situation that you're going through and the prayer request that you've been making about you know if you're in a difficult financial situation or if you're having trouble with your family or if you're you know struggling with a relationship of some sort god hears those prayers and he does care about those Mm -hmm. things and it could because he's a good god and he cares about you yeah with that being said the when I was going through a very, very difficult season in my life, it took me understanding and and getting to a place where I was okay with the only thing God get if if God gave me, quote unquote, gave me anything, if he just allowed me into his presence, that was enough. Mm-hmm. It took me getting to that point to be okay 
with not needing anything else. And I can't tell you how much of a blessing it it really was. Like there was a peace of mind <clears throat> that I can't describe. Yeah. Um, there was a a sense of purpose that I can't describe. Yeah. There was a sense of hope that I can't describe. Um, and w- arriving in that place, albeit it took me a lot of like things happening in my life to get me to that point. Um, but once I got there, I, I felt like I kind of began, and I, I still think I'm still trying to understand this. I started understanding what it meant for God to just be enough. Yeah. Um, so I believe to kind of put a bow on this so we can move on to the next part. Um, I believe in regards to renewing our minds, okay, for us to be able to renew our minds correctly so we can see what God's will is for our life, what God's will is for Spotswood Creative, what God's will is for Spotswood Baptist Church, and what God's will is for the, the Capital C Church, it is, is vitally important that we spend time with Him with open hands, both privately and corporately. Mm. If, if we do that, testing and approving to see what God's will is, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Us being able to do that will become abundantly clear, I think. Mm-hmm. I think right now the reason we're in our world reeling about so many things and we're very unsure, it seems like, about what God's doing is, you know, I, I heard I heard an evangelical pastor the other day talking about how, you know, he felt like, um, you know, God was distant. Well, God didn't go anywhere. Yeah, we went somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, we we need to go back to spending time with Him yeah. as a group, and then His will and His way will be made clear to us. Yeah. So, yeah. we want to get to know God. We want to worship Him. And we know that worship allows us to get closer to him and understand him better. This will naturally help us grow. Yep. So um, let's move on. Let's go to Yay, Nay, or Pray. Okay. You ready? So if this is your first time listening, Yay, Nay, or Pray is just a little, I guess you could call it a segment. That sounds a little official, but it's a little segment at the end of each episode we are doing to um, incorporate worship songs and talk about if a worship song is biblical um, if it is not something we should be singing or if we should pray about it. <laughs> yes. Um, so today Josh is taking a deep breath. <laughs> well, okay. So we need to be the last two, the last two episodes we have done, uh, I would say contemporary worship songs. So mm-hmm. we're going to, we're going to tackle, um, still a little bit of a softball, still a little bit of a softball, <laughs> but, um, we're going to tackle a hymn slash Christmas Carol. Mm. How about mm. that? So, Bailey, which one are we tackling? Oh, most of you are probably familiar. We are going to talk about Away in a Manger. Away in a Manger. Now, I, I got to tell you, I love the melody of Away in a Manger. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I've sung plenty of beautiful arrangements of Away in a Manger. Um, the lyrics are, they, they paint a, a beautiful picture. Mm-hmm. Um, they are very poetic. Mm-hmm. I would just ask the question, is every one of the lyrics an accurate mm. 
picture. It may be a beautiful picture, but is it an accurate picture? So like we talked about these this grid, right? Mm-hmm. That we put songs through. Is it is it single is it beautiful? Is it singable? And is it God honoring? Mm-hmm. So for something to be God honoring, it has to be truthful. Yeah. Now, I also want to throw this caveat out there. I've done away in a manger in a worship service before. Yeah. Maybe, and none of us were there that right, night <laughs> that right. he was born. So who really is to say? Well, there there's a lyric in there that has become a lyric of controversy. And it is, the cattle are lowing, the baby awakes, the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. And the reason it has become, to be honest, to be to be fair, this is a little petty, okay? Yeah. It's it's a little petty um, because a little nitpicky. It's nitpicky. Will. Maybe that's a better word. It's nitpicky. Um, the fact that is that a southern phrase? Are people not going to know what nitpicky is? Nit. They may not. So <laughs> Virginians. <laughs> We're from South Carolina, so yes. we have all of these nice little phrases. Yeah, so when we say nitpicky, what we're talking about is like um, picking we're picking it apart and like trying to find little things that are wrong with it mm-hmm. that may not be massive things. So the cattle are lowing, the baby awakes, the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. I don't know about you. So Jesus was fully God, yes, mm-hmm. but he was also fully human. He experienced the emotions that we we experience. He experienced the feelings that we experience. Mm-hmm. That's he. Coming to Earth made it made it like the ultimate sympathetic experience for him, mm-hmm. um, because really and truly he could, he as, as God he could. He is all knowing. He knows. He knew what we felt like. Mm-hmm. He knew the things that we were going through, but coming to Earth, he experienced the things that we were going through. Mm-hmm. Same way he experienced being tempted by sin, albeit he resisted it and did not fall into it. But with that being said, to sit around and pretend that Jesus as an infant never cried, um, and especially if a big old cow comes through, Mm. (laughs) does that big old thing, first time he's ever heard that as a human, man, tell me that baby's going to wake up and not cry. you got to be kidding me. I mean, we've all seen the nativity pictures where it's like this beautiful scene where it's just so perfect. She, he was born in a cattle trough, and you know what was around. I mean, yeah. it wasn't just like the cows were just the cleanest animals on earth all of a sudden. Yeah. They shouldn't have said the cleanest animals on earth. They ain't no animal clean. We got no. two animals. They ain't clean. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, that, like, th- this was a nasty place he was born into. Mm-hmm. And, and so the reason that this is a... The reason this is a difficult thing to talk about is because... Away in a manger, like I said, it's so beautiful, it almost paints an inaccurate picture of what it was actually well, like. Well, I think it's so important, and I'm starting to realize this as I get older, um, especially in my walk with the Lord, it's important that we are not romanticizing religion or romanticizing our relationship with the Lord. Um, and when I say romanticizing, I mean painting this perfect picture of... Um, what it means to love the Lord, what it means to um, think of the humanity of people who right. are quote-unquote religious. So with that, yes, it is a beautiful song. It paints a beautiful picture. But I think it kind of leans into that romanticized version of who we imagine 
Jesus as a baby to be. Right. Um, and just as Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane cried <laughs> and wept to the to God, I'm assuming he also cried when he was sent to earth. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't one of those things that um God was like, Okay, here is my son Jesus, he's born. Oh wait! Oh wait! Oh wait! I need to sprinkle some some human on him. Like yeah. that. That isn't how that worked. <laughs> yes. It was like no. He was he was human. Um, he was both one hundred percent God yeah. and one hundred percent human. Yeah. He um. It. I feel like songs like "Away in a Manger," as beautiful as they are, they take away. They they more. It's almost like um. There it's it's creating a like a movie cinematic yeah, version of yeah. what actually is there. So like the the movie The Nativity, mm-hmm. the Nativity story. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love watching it at Christmas. But I also know when I watch it, there's some things that are kind of true about this, but there's a lot of things that probably are very romanticized, and that's not exactly like well, one of my favorite Christmas movies is The Star. I don't know if you've yes. seen that. It's literally a kids' movie, but yes. I love it. Um, and it's the same way. I mean, if you haven't seen it, right. shortened version. It's about the donkey that Mary rode. Right. Who? Yes. Kind of, sort of talks. Yes, he kind of, sort of talks, and he goes through all this stuff, and it's told from the perspective of the donkey. And they create an antagonist. Yeah. So I mean, it's like, like. all the things, but the same way it's one of my favorite christmas movies but i'm pretty sure i don't remember jesus crying in that movie right he may have but um it's just the same thing it's it's making a fluffy picture which again nitpicky yes but that's what we're here to do is just be a little nitpicky and be we're, we're just trying to have some fun with it so um the reason we say you know you know we need to think about this is because if we take away jesus's humanity in the manger, mm. where else are we not afraid? Where else are we yeah. okay with taking his humanity yeah. away? Are we afraid to take his human experiences away? Um, when he's hanging on the cross, like I've seen plenty of beautiful pictures of Jesus hanging on the cross and uh, like paintings and such. And I mean, this guy, he looks like a like a model who hadn't been touched by anything. Yeah. And, with, he, and he really doesn't look like... And, yeah, and like, he <laughs> doesn't look like he's in any kind of pain. Yeah. doesn't look like... We need to be careful not to go down that road because he did experience all these things. He yeah. does understand us. Yeah. So I would say my conclusion on this is not a nay, but pray, a pray. A pray. A pray. Um, Understand the words that you're saying, I guess, the the intention behind the words, too. Right. Well, and it's important that, you know, away in a manger in our church, um, in a Southern Baptist church, I mean, it's it's in the it's in the Baptist mm-hmm. hymnal. You know, it's important that we don't just throw away our our things that help create our culture mm-hmm. as a church. There, are, there's very good things. There have been very worshipful moments, I imagine, that have happened mm-hmm. with the song "Away in a Manger." So we don't want to throw throw the baby out the bathwater here, <laughs> but we do think that it's important um, that you pray about what you what you put out there before mm-hmm. you put it out there, like. Honestly, I probably wouldn't do away in a manger in a big production, mm-hmm. like a big, um, like a like you know people do the big Christmas productions. Yeah, they get yeah. the full orchestra, they have the whole show. I probably wouldn't do away in a manger in that because it it's more emphasizing the 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 beauty of it than yeah. the humanity of Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah. just pray about it. Think about it. Our That's first where. Pray. Hey, first pray. First pray. Yep. 
Okay, so if there are any songs that you want us to talk about, if there are any questions that you have, we want to hear from you. So ask and connect with us on social media at Spotswood Creative on Instagram and Facebook. Um, or you can always email us with your questions, which that address is spotswoodcreative at spotswood.org. Be sure to rate the podcast and share it if you like what you're hearing. And we will be back in a couple of weeks to talk about more stuff that matters. Until next time, keep it 100. <laughs>